You are listening to One Love Podcast. Wake up with a smile with your host, Disco. Oh, you know what time it is. It's your 30-second wake-up call. That's right, time to rise and shine. It's a new day, but the love stays the same. Wake up, guys. Wake up. Yes. Good morning, Toronto. And good day, the rest of the world. I'm so happy to be in your ears right now. You are listening to One Love Podcast, and this is Espresso with Love, where we hope to jumpstart your day with a little energy, a little fun, and a lot of love. How is everyone feeling this morning? Amazing. Happy Thursday, people. Hope everyone had a great day yesterday. And it's been four years, but the World Cup is finally here. That's right. World Cup 2018 in Russia. The first match will be played at 11 a.m. Eastern time. And we're going to do our best to keep you all in the loop by posting the schedules as we receive them or as they're happening each day. So that those of you who are interested, you'll know when each team is playing and the results of each game. Now, we have listeners from around the world. So with varying time zones, you're going to have to do your best to Google those conversions. But for the first part of the show, I thought it would be a great time to learn a little bit about the history of the World Cup, how it started, where it came from. Because again, we all know what it is, unless you're American. <clears throat> but let's learn how the world's most international sport became just that. The success of the Olympic football tournament intensified FIFA's wish for its own world championship. Questionnaires were sent to the affiliated associations asking whether they agreed to, a or to the organization of a tournament and under what conditions. A special committee examined the question with President Jules Rimet, the driving force. Following a remarkable proposal by the Executive Committee, the FIFA Congress in Amsterdam on the 28th of May 1928 decided to stage a world championship organized by FIFA. Now, the organizing country had to be chosen. Hungary, Italy, the Netherlands, Spain, and Sweden submitted their candidatures. Right from the start, Uruguay was the favorite, and not simply for its Olympic gold medal wins in 1924 and 1928. The country was celebrating its 100th anniversary of independence in 1930 at great expense. Moreover, its national association was willing to cover all the costs, including the travel and accommodation of the participating teams. Any possible profit would be shared while Uruguay would take on the deficit. These arguments were decisive. The FIFA Congress in Barcelona in 1929 assigned Uruguay as the first host country of the FIFA World Cup. The other candidates had withdrawn. I'm telling you, one day this is going to be a, a, quish, a question on, or a quiz somewhere where you're going to win lots of money and they're going to ask you who was the first country to host 
the very first World Cup, it's Uruguay. Don't ever forget that. With Europe in the midst of an economic crisis, not everything went to plan during the countdown to, the, to these first finals. Participation did not only involve a long sea journey for the Europeans, the clubs would have to renounce their best players for two months. Consequently, more and more associations broke their promise to participate, and it took much maneuvering by Remay to ensure at least four European teams, France, Belgium, Romania, and Yugoslavia, joined him on the voyage to Buenos Aires. The first FIFA World Cup opened at the brand new Estadio Centenario in Montevideo, on the July the 18th, 1930. It was the beginning of a new era in world football, and the inaugural event proved a remarkable success, both in a sporting and a financial sense. Of course, the organizers were disappointed that only four European sides had participated. The anchor, the anger in Montevideo was so intense, in fact, that four years later, world champions Uruguay became the first and only team to refuse to defend their title. When the Congress convened in Budapest in 1930, it thanked Uruguay for staging the World Championship for the first time in difficult conditions. It also noted its regret at seeing only a minimum number of teams participating from Europe. FIFA chose Italy ahead of rival candidate Sweden to host the second FIFA World Cup, and at this time it took qualifying matches to arrive at the 16 finalists. Unlike in 1930, there were no groups and only knockout rounds, meaning Brazil and Argentina went home after playing just one match each. Once again, the home team prevailed, Italy winning the final against Czechoslovakia in extra time. For the first time, the finals were transmitted on the radio. Four years later, Rime saw his wish fulfilled when the third FIFA World Cup took place in France, his home country. Again, not everything ran according to plan. Austria had disappeared from the scene, and so Sweden did not have an opponent in the first round. Uruguay still did not wish to participate, and Argentina withdrew. This is why the national teams from Cuba and the Dutch East Indies came to France. This time, there was no home victory, and Italy successfully defended their title. I wonder where Italy is this World Cup. The FIFA World Cup should have taken place for the fourth time in 1942, but the outbreak of World War II meant otherwise. Although FIFA maintained its Zurich offices throughout the conflict, it was not until July 1st, 1946 in Luxembourg that the Congress met again. 34 associations were represented and they gave Rimei, who had been president for a quarter of a century already, a special jubilee gift. From now on, the FIFA World Cup trophy would be called the Jules Rimei Cup. As the only candidate, Brazil was chosen unanimously to host the next FIFA World Cup to be staged in 1949 and then postponed to 1950 because of time reasons. At the same time, Switzerland was given the option for 1954. There you have it, guys. That There's like two big pieces of information there. Uruguay and what the actual name of the FIFA World Cup trophy is, which is the Jules Rimet Cup. Um, I really hope you guys learned something new. And while there is all... <laughs> as well like so much politics involved even in our sports 
I will be proudly celebrating and crying throughout this tournament here in the most diverse city in the world. And with that thought, let's continue to spread the positivity and get right into our thank yous. I'm saving you from the speech today, so if this is your first time listening... This could be awkward, but let's put some love and appreciation out into the world. And the good news is, I'm going to go first so you don't have to. Today, I am grateful for the roof over my head and the food I have to eat. I am so fortunate to have family, even though it's a messed up one, and I'm so blessed for my amazing listeners. I'm grateful to be able to wake up today and pursue whatever aspirations I desire and to be able to be kind to people without expectations in return. Thank you for today. That's it. Now it's your turn. Please just tell yourself literally one or two things, one or two words that you are grateful for. It doesn't have to be as dramatic as mine, but whatever you feel you should be recognizing. And if you're driving while you're listening to this, Please don't close your eyes. Ready? Today, I am grateful for... Amazing, guys. Today is going to be an incredible day. This is News in a Nutshell, where I just read off headlines you can either Google later or be glad I didn't go into detail about. Brought to you by One Love Company and local news, there are reports of power outages and damage across the GTA after a quick spring storm swept across the region, bringing down trees and causing flooding. The downpour started around 4.30 p.m. last night and or yesterday afternoon and lasted like less than 30 minutes. However, all across social media, it was click quickly flooded with images of fallen trees and water pouring indoors. Videos posted to Twitter from the Toronto Eaton Center showed heavy flooding inside the mall with water pouring through the ceiling lights and covering the mall's floors. <laughs> Guys, here's some amazing news. The World Cup is coming to Canada and Toronto is ready and willing to play host to as many games as official see fit according to mayor john tory a joint north american bid between canada the united states and mexico all three countries who are basically not even talking to each other right now they were awarded the 2026 world cup on wednesday following a 134 to 65 vote by fifa member associations the current plan for the tournament calls for the u.s to host 60 games and canada and mexico to host 10 each in world news the italy escalated its standoff with france over migration wednesday challenging paris to take in more asylum seekers and demanding an apology after the french president accused the new populist italian government of cynical irresponsible behavior by refusing entry to a rescue ship with hundreds of migrants aboard the Saudi-led coalition backing Yemen's exiled government launched a fierce assault Wednesday on the crucial port city of Hodoida. I probably said that wrong too. The biggest offensive of the years-long war in the Arab world's poorest nation for the main entry point for food in a country already teetering on the brink of famine. And of course, your favorite President Donald Trump made a statement that North Korea is, quote, no longer a nuclear threat. 
After his summit with King Jong-un that reduced tensions but produced no details on how or when Pyongyang might disarm. All I have to say to that is, you guys need to see what the media did to Obama every time he tried to accomplish the same thing. The same news organizations that praised Trump and his, whatever you want to call it, success in this matter, were the same ones that tore apart Obama and the very idea of dealing with, again, quote, America's enemies instead of focusing on its people. All I have to say is we live in such a deceiving society that was news in a nutshell sports the toronto blue jays got swept in their series against the tampa bay rays after losing one nothing last night but let's pretend nothing happened as they have the night off tonight the toronto fc were down three nothing in the first half and they managed to make a comeback with three of their own in the second half only to give up another goal in extra time and then score another equalizer also in extra time. What an emotional game as they drew with DC United 4-4. World Cup action today is the first and only game in the tournament. Host country Russia takes on Saudi Arabia. Kickoff there is at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Now, I always dedicate the weather segment to my wonderful listeners from around the world, new friends of mine and of the show. We love you guys. And if you want your town to be featured, man, it's so easy. You just got to reach out to me on any of our social media platforms. And let's just be friends. So in Beirut, Lebanon, you guys are hours ahead when it comes to time. So for your Friday, not a cloud in the sky. Enjoy that sunshine, a high of 28 and a low of 24 in Coolangatta, Australia. I hope you're ready for it. It is Friday. You do have lots of sun in the sky with a high of 23. But since the first time I've been reporting, you guys will have a low in the single digits at 8 degrees. Stay warm, Kulangara. To my friend Vishal in Bihia, India, the clouds continue, but mainly sunny today. A high of 43 and a low, if you can call it that, of 32. In Tempe, Arizona, the place I love to hate, man, this heat warning is still in effect. I believe we are on day three now. Another scorcher in the desert today. A high of 43 and a low of 28. Stay cool, Paige. And in Toronto town, we are done with the showers today. All sunshine, a high of 25 and a low of 14. So no excuses. Get outside and smile lots, Toronto. Friends from around the world, how you feeling today? Guys, I really want to push a message here that leveled me yesterday. And not leveled me as in like knocked me down. (laughs) But more leveled out my feelings and thoughts when it came to this podcast. There's no denying that I really care about this project. There's no denying that I constantly check to see what the stats are, how many listens I get in general, how many I get per episode, what platforms people are listening on. Like, I'm really into the stats. And the funny thing is that I'm so involved in the metrics of something that really has no impact in my life. And I'm thinking at first, like, why do I even care so much? Is it really that important to know all this information? Like if my stats dropped by half and I lost half my listeners in a day or a month, would that make me stop? Should I stop? 
And if I feel this way about my lowly podcast, what the heck are other people criticizing in their own lives? I think we all need to stop. You know, in business, metrics are important. In taxes, metrics are important. But it's fair to say that I'm using this podcast like as a tool to show and give back some love into this world. And so would it really make sense for me to care that much about how many people are actually listening? The easy answer is definitely no, I shouldn't. The human and businessman in me, though, can't seem to let it go. But whether you're out on social media posting something happy or meaningful to you, whether you got all your courage together to write this epic blog post, whether you got in front of a camera, put out a heartfelt message on YouTube, if, you, if what you are doing is sincere and meaningful and truly from the heart, don't ever care about metrics. Don't ever let a number bring you down or even worse, deter you from moving forward. If you fail in class and in theory you get a grade of, let's say, less than 50, you can't just give up and never take that class over again. You get back up. You put out the love and you show that appreciation for all the good things you have and you use that energy and move forward and try again. Don't let numbers bring you down. Because I promise you, there are so many people out there that haven't even had the opportunity to listen to you or see you or know what you're all about. So you can't give up. I hope you do push yourself and do whatever it takes to make sure your message is heard. Today is going to be an amazing day. So please remember to smile. Smile. Because you can sure give off some amazing energy when you do. I love you. Please subscribe to our channel. I hate asking you, but guys, whatever platform you're listening on, please give us five stars, the thumbs up, the heart, the like, whatever it takes. It's important that you're able to show that love and support and allow others who have may have never heard and who probably have never heard of the show an opportunity to also wake up with a smile. I love you guys. You mean the world to me. Big shout out to my mom for giving birth to me. I love you, mom. And a shout out to freesfx.co for providing me with the awesome sound effects. If you have any questions and would like to comment on the show, reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at One Love Podcast. Reach out to us. Show us some love. We sincerely appreciate your support. Please subscribe to our channel. Guys, the World Cup contest is still going on. I will have a contest post. Doesn't matter if it's episode 50, episode 51, and tomorrow's episode 52. All you gotta do is comment World Cup 2018 and tag two people for your chance to win. I'll do the draw over the weekend, and I will announce the winner on Monday. I'm leaving you off with some happy, upbeat music, so don't turn on that AM radio. Play your favorite song after and be happy Toronto thank you so much for listening talk tomorrow one love downtown the snowy ground is all I can see I call this place my home my wawazi different ways to say hello is not new to me making up the whole world all in one city even though it's cold outside Turn it up Look at all those kids outside Bet you couldn't guess now where they from If you wanna be outside Lace them up, I'll show you where Everyone's gonna meet tonight At Nathan Phillips Square Look at us
Change. 